0: Third order consequence. Uh, firstly, the Shir is dedicated by Ilan Levy, who, although isn't physically here every morning, listens to the, the Shir regularly in the memory of his late father, whose yorkside it is today, Eliyahu ben Yeshayahu. Um, and uh, although I didn't know uh, Mr. Levy, the um, uh, description that uh, Ilan Gave me of him is, uh, is, is just so very beautiful. Somebody who uh, was not only generous at his, with, from, from his heart and everything that he did, but really made a difference in influencing people to make good choices, to be good people, uh, and had this capacity to deal with difficult issues without unravelling shalom, keeping uh, peaceful relationships uh, and, and yet being able to confront issues and deal with issues. So uh, to be able to navigate the tension between emet and shalom, as we've often spoke about, seems to have been one of uh, Mr. Levy's qualities and we uh, wish the family a long life and that then neshama has an aliyah. The, uh, the sponsoring of a shir, as I've often said, is an enormous khut for the person in whom one is sponsoring it uh, because of the hundreds of people who are listening to the shir. And uh, it, one insight from the Shia that causes a person to think differently, to operate differently, and all of that, who knows what impact that has, the chain effect that has. We're talking here of third order consequence. It's not only of decisions, but uh, but just of changes in, in one's life. All those, that, that domino effect, uh, can be attributed to the uh, the Shia, which has been sponsored in memory of a particular person, in this case of Eliyahu Ben Yishayahu. So we talked about third-order consequence. Ray Dalio brought out a book in, I don't know, it was about 2011, 2012, called Principles. Uh, He was one of the most successful hedge fund managers in the world ever. Uh, And he wrote principles which are life principles, not just principles of investment. They're principles of investment as well, but they're also principles of life. Uh, And and it's a book that's become very popular. And he talks, one of the things he talks about there is the failure of people to make, uh, to consider second- and third-order consequence when they make decisions. Uh, To understand not only what the result of the decision will be, but what is the result of the result and the result of the result of the result. And most of the mistakes we make in decision-making is because we don't think through to second- and third-order consequence. And here we're dealing with with the topic of honest. So it's beyond my, my, my control. I couldn't have anticipated. Something happened which I couldn't have anticipated. That's called honest. An honest Rahmanapatre. The Torah regards an action of honest, something you couldn't have anticipated, something beyond your control, and the different ways of viewing it. Either the Torah says it's as if it didn't happen. That it, 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 we just ignore it completely. Or it happened, but it's not attributed to you because you didn't do it deliberately. It was something beyond your control. How beyond your control does it need to be? particularly when it comes to relationships, and here we're talking about getting. Now you, you, a man gives a get with a tenai, he makes a get with a certain condition, and due to circumstances beyond his control, he can't fulfill the condition. Now what happens? Where, 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 did, where is his wife? And we will see from here that one has to be extra special careful, that honest is measured not in only in terms of did something happen that was beyond your control, Honest is also, could you have predicted, should you have thought about the possibility? Should you have planned for the possibility? Thinking second and third order consequence, should you have taken that into account? Because that could be the pshia, that could be the carelessness, the fact that you stopped at first order and you didn't go to second and third, third order, particularly when we're talking about, uh, about a woman. Now we learned back in Subasdav Gimel, we've got a matmonim on that, daf. We learned the origin of the din of Ones, it comes from the law of rape, Velanara, uh, lota said that the woman, the girl has been raped, she, she's not punished in any way. It was beyond her control. That's we learned that midorai so patre, that for an honest, there is no punishment. That's not considered an action of the individual. Um, however, by gittin, the Gomorrah says there, when it comes to matters of gittin, uh, the Gomorrah there says you can't claim ones Gittin. And when it comes to getting, you can't say, I didn't think of the consequence. The Gemara there says it's because of the Tsunuim and the Prutsim. The Gemara gives a reason. But we'll see in our Sugir, it goes beyond that. It's because you're dealing with the sensitivities of a woman, of a wife. And you should think far more carefully about the consequences of what you do and say when you're, when you're dealing with a woman in particular, when you're dealing with a wife. Because there's super sensitivity in these particular areas. Let's have a look at the at the sugya. It starts off with a strange case. These are just strange scenarios. You can picture them in your mind. A man says, I'm going off on a trip. I don't want you to be left as, a, as an aguna if I don't come back. And you don't know if I'm alive or dead. So if I'm not back in 30 days, here's a get. The get takes effect unless I'm back in, within 30 days. If I'm back within 30 days as planned, the get is canceled and we go on as, as usual. If I don't come back within 30 days, probably something's happened to me and you're a divorcee, you're not an aguna. What happens is he comes back and the river's flooding and he can't get across the river. And the people on the other side of the river, maybe even his wife is there and he says, I'm back, I'm back. She says, too late. Sorry, too late. You're not, I don't call that back. You're not here. He says, but the river's, flo- the river's flooding. I, I would have been there. I just can't. She says, sorry, didn't you learn the Gemara? And, and super stuff. Gimel, ain't only spaghetti. Sorry, guy. Marriage is over. Thanks for the get. Have a happy life. And off she goes. And, and that's the din. Says, says Shmuel and our Gemara, Losh may matia. that's not called arriving back. <laughs> arriving at the airport, but not getting home because there's traffic. Your problem. You should have thought of that. It's not that, that you could have avoided the flood. No, you couldn't have avoided the flood. You should have thought of the possibility of delay and you should have planned for the possibility of delay because you're dealing with a woman. You're dealing with your wife. And then the government gives another case, which is what we focus on. A man says, um, they're having a fight and she says, I want a divorce. I want, I want out of this. He says, look, let's go to dinner. Let's talk this through. I'll write a get now. If I don't manage to bring you around. If I don't manage to talk this out and satisfy you, the get is here. Uh, but, he, but hopefully I'll, we'll, we'll sort it out and then the get is ignored. He then tries very hard to, to please her. He takes her to a beautiful restaurant and he talks to her and he gets her friends to talk to her and she's not. she doesn't want it. Has he done his bit or not? Can he say, look, I did what I, what I can. I can't control her. He doesn't want the get, that's an onus. That's not my fault, my problem. Um, and, and therefore, this is an onus and the get still doesn't work. I still want more time. What do we say? Ain't on this sorry. So there are two leshonot two in the, in the Gemara as, as to what, what exactly Rav Yosef says. The one thing is Rav Yosef says, How can he say, I've done everything I could to to appease her. Did you give her a ton of money? You didn't give her a ton of money, so you haven't done everything you could yet. Or the other view is that Rav Yosef said, what do you expect? That he has to give her a ton of money. He's done whatever he could do. So, so the two views are depend on whether we say there's onis by getting or not. The Ramban explains that the last source on the on the sheet, the Ramban explains that the question of whether ain't onis begitin or not is only in a middle case. In other words, if you didn't think of First order consequence, that's called an onus de Shchiach. And that's definitely not an onus. That's a predictable onus. Yes, it's a little bit of onus, but you could have figured it out. Uh, and you didn't. You didn't even think first order. That's definitely not an onus in Gittin. On the other extreme, if it's, you, you thought to third order consequence, and this is beyond that. You, there's no way you could have predicted it. That Everybody agrees that is an onus, even by Gittin. The whole argument is shchiach v'lo not second order consequence. You could have thought it through, and you didn't. Yes, it was a far-fetched possibility, but you could have thought it through. You're dealing with a woman's life. How could you not have thought it through? At least to second order of consequence. So that again, shalom aleichem, Rav Mafsen. So wonderful to see you every morning. Um, the uh, that, you, that you didn't. The, the whole issue in these two lishonot of Rav Yosef is. Where you could have thought it through, it's only second order consequence, and you didn't even get to second order consequence. The one lashon of Rav Yosef is, yeah, but you, do, you went as far as you can go, and you thought as far as you could be predicted to think. And the other one is, no, you have uh, you haven't you haven't thought enough. Now, and we'll see as we go into this and understand the Sugi, we just see how the Gomorrah gets into this idea of. How far, how carefully do you need to think things through? How far do you need to try and predict consequences when you're dealing with the life of another human being? This is not just a business deal. And we have different, different scales on the, on the spectrum. We have a beautiful Teres Gittin. The Teres Gittin was written by the Nesivas. The Nesivas Mishpat is a terribly important parish on Chesh and Mishpat, And we use it all the time. The To the, the um, was a colleague of the of the and they interact a lot and we've got their interactions. Uh, he was at the time of the Has Sefer and Rabbi Kiva Eger. He interacted a lot with them. Uh, this is the end of the of the of the eighteenth century, this that golden time of of Torah learning and teaching. Uh, and he wrote Torah's Gittin on, on Gittin, on Eben Oezer and Gittin. And and he comes with an, to, to an interesting conclusion. And he says, based on Rashi, explaining Rashi, he comes out and says, This isn't even an honest. When he said that, he said, I wasn't thinking of paying her money. I thought I would take her out to dinner. We would spend a nice time together. Uh, I would get her friends to speak to her. And that's, that would surely bring her around. It didn't enter my mind. I would have to give her money. And now it emerges, I'm supposed to give her money as well. I didn't expect that, says the Torah's Gittin. That's already an onus. And it's a question of whether Yeshua Yeshun is begitin or Enon is begitin. But that's enough. In other words, he thought through to first order consequence and no further. But if you thought through to first order consequence, that's already onus, says the Torah's Gittin, in Rashi. Toysfus himself says differently. Toysfus says no, that had he paid her a ton of money and she didn't accept it, that would have been an onus. But if he didn't even think that I might have to pay her money, he didn't even go that far. That's not onus. So really the makhloikis here between Rashi and Tosvis, as we are understanding it is, do you define pius? I said I would appease you. That was the condition. Here's a get. If I don't appease you, the get, the get is called, The get will work. How do you measure successful appeasement? By the effort I put in or by your acceptance? What did I mean when I said I'll appease you? Did I mean I'll do everything in my power to appease you? Or did I mean I'll get you to say yes? That's what I'll do. That's the makhalikis. So Tosva says, you've given her a lot of money. How much more could you have done? How much more could you be expected to do? The Rashi says, even if you didn't give her the money, you, you, you try to get her with, with friends, that's sufficient. The Tosfah Sarosh says, until she agrees, you haven't been Mephayasa. You measure piyus, you measure appeasement by her acceptance, not by your effort. I tried, that's not an answer. You didn't succeed, you tried, but you didn't succeed. And you said you would be Mephayasa. You didn't say, on condition, I take you out to dinner. On condition, I give you money. I give you a tender. You didn't say that. You said on condition, I appease you. You have not appeased her. She's not appeased. And he says, but I can't control her mind. Well, then you shouldn't have made that condition. So the for holds him even more responsible. Again, you, you need to actually go into the sugi and learn these rishonim carefully to fully appreciate the development of the sugi. But at this point, I just want you to appreciate our are dealing with how far are you expected to move into prediction of second order, third order consequence before you can claim its ownness. This was beyond my control. You've got to do some thinking. You can't just claim, I, I, I tried, I did my best. You've got to actually think of consequences. The Yamshil Shlomo, the Marshal, the Marshal is such an important person and underrated. We don't use him enough. The Marshal is during the period of the Mechaber and the Ramor, and as important as the Mechaber and the Ramor. And and some say it, even during his time, he even greater than the Ramor. But, and, and he was in touch with the Ramor all the time. Um, uh, and and a, a lot of the halachas come from the, the Marshal. Uh, the Ramor himself often often quotes the Marshal. And the Marshal wrote the Yamshil Shlomo, a, a perush on shas. Uh, apart from from his area of psak, and and he writes here, he explains why we have to be so careful when it comes to getin and in in this It's not just because of tsenuim or perushim as we learned in ksubis. Uh, it it goes further. And after he analyzes uh, Rashi and Tosfos, and he says, "Enzu milta de loishchich emachashi kibel alav lefaisa vhe eshit ishak shad ruach umirat leivav imken bishatatnay lo aitar uya lefaisa." He should have known that my wife is a difficult person to please. He knows his wife. So you can't say, this is onus. I, I didn't know I would have to pay her. You know she's not an easy person to please. <laughs> Oynes is when something new happens that you couldn't have predicted. Nothing new happens. Your wife is the same wife. She's not easy to please. And that's something that attracted you. That's why you married her. You have to work to please her. You knew that. So when you said, I will appease you, you knew that's going to be a challenge, that's going to be difficult. That's not noyness. So you're dealing with relationships here. That's the nature of women. They might be very soft in nature. But, but when it gets into the matters of divorce, it's a well-known fact that it's not that easy to appease them. Uh, then, then they become adversaries. It's kenegdo, like an ezer kenegdo, like an very soft and nice when the relationship is good. But when you've broken the relationship, she becomes an adversary. She can, becomes kenegdo. And you know that. If you knew that, you should have taken care of that. And, that, and that's why, as the Tosvis as the, Arosh the would say, even if you gave her a ton of money and she still wasn't mit she still wasn't appeased, you still can't claim on this. I gave her a million dollars. I gave her five million dollars. Tough, but you didn't, you didn't appease her. You said you would appease her. And you can't say, but I didn't know she wouldn't be appeased. You know your wife. And you should have figured that out. You should have, you should have thought that far forward. Um, and the, um, the, the Ramban goes along a similar line and says that, um, Why is that held? Even if it's not a, not a very likely honest, you've still got to think it through. Uh, because that's the nature. Because there's nothing so harsh as a bad woman, or a woman who's angry, or a woman who is alienated. You should have known that. You're not a child. You know. You know that what, what's going on, and you should have predicted about how hard it's going, it's going to be. Um, the Yam Shlomah again. I brought to you at the end of it just just summarizes all the halachot here, uh, The difference between the three orders of consequence and uh, Where he explains it and, 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 uh, and explains the idea. Uh, but once again, as I'll, I've been saying every, every morning, please revisit the Shir even for 15 seconds during the day later on. Uh, remember the idea that we have to think things through. Yes, honest Rahmana Patre, but honest is only when you've done your bit in thinking through. How far do you have to think through? Well, it depends. In business, you have to think through one degree consequence to be called and honest. If you want to do good business, you should think through to second and third degree consequences, as Ray Dalio says. But for the purpose of honest, if you've thought through to one degree consequence, that's as far as you need to think. But when you're dealing with getting, when you're dealing with breaking up a relationship, with wrecking another person's life, first level, first order consequence is not enough. You've got to think of the consequence of what you're doing. The consequence of the consequence and the consequence of the consequence of the consequence and you've got to think forward and understand exactly what might happen and the degree to which you're responsible for what happens thereafter.